Good morning. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Crump of the Dual Faith Christian Church in Pontiac, Michigan. And we are excited because this is our Resurrection Sunday. And yes, he lives. Do you know your Redeemer lives? Yeah, we know at this house that our Redeemer lives. One of the greatest words that you can have is, he is risen. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. So if you're watching us this morning, if you have not had a chance to catch up on your uh, giving, you can do that at this time. Uh, as we get ready to get into the word of the Lord, get your Bible, call a friend, call a neighbor, and let them know it's time for the word. We do not minister about the word. We minister the word. So you're going to need your Bible because we're going to get into the word of the Lord today. We've been on some things. As a matter of fact, at this church, we do series. And when we say we do series, that means it's, the word of God just continues. It just continues until God tells us to teach on something else. Okay, so what I want to do today, I'm going to be reading out the NLT. Also, I, read out the, I teach out of the King James Version. But I will be doing some reading out the NLT because I want you to hear some things that's going to really uh, cause you to understand the word. Okay, so you want to get your Bible. We're going to go into 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And we're doing 12 verses. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse 1 through verse 12. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 2 verse 1 through verse 12. When you get there, say amen. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. I'm going to be reading this uh, out of the NLT. Okay. I usually read it out of the King James. And then we're going to pray, then we're going to get right into God's Word. Paul said, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words, impressive wisdom, to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that I was, while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. He came to you in weakness, Paul says, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain, rather using clear and persuasive speeches. I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yet, when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom but not the kind of wisdom that belong to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak is the mystery of God. So we don't want to forget that. The wisdom he speaks is the mystery of God. All right? And then he says in Romans, in 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, 2, he says, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began, but the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scripture means when, when they say, no eyes has seen, no ear heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But God, 
And the Bible said, but God. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. So Paul is reminding that God revealed these things to him by the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches all things, everything, and shows us God's deep secrets. Now, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. We are received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful thing God has freely given us. All right, now that's what I want to show you. Now we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you uh, for being so grateful and merciful toward us. And we thank you for leading and guiding us and helping us and teaching us and instructing us. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for your divine wisdom, your divine protection. We thank you for your divine provisions. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And Lord, thank you for speaking your word into those people who are listening out there in Jesus' name. And thank you for your precious blood, Father. And all agree to that prayer said amen. All right, now, what I like to do today, I like to continue. Like I said before, we like to just continue. Now, I talked about last week why God's wrath came on Israel. Now, I'm going to get a little bit of that. That's going to boost me into my message for the day. But my message for the day is why. We're going to use Galatians 6, 11 through 15. We're going to go there right now. And last week I dealt with a why. This week I'm going to deal with a why. Uh, we are preparing ourselves to answer questions. So I'm trying to use the teaching that I'm doing to be able to answer people's questions. I got a lot of people asking questions. And uh, maybe this is one of the questions. So uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, in Galatians chapter 6, we're going to be reading verse 11 uh, through verse number 15. Galatians chapter number 6. I'm going to read it out the NLT. All right, verse 11 uh, says, Notice what large letters uh, I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting, Paul says. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want you to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for their teaching that Christ, that the cross of Christ alone can save. I need, to, I need to say that again. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. Talk about how you're saved. Only the cross can save you, all right? Believing in the message of the cross, Christ's death, bed, and resurrection. And then it says, and even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. And verse 14 is my key verse. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. Let me say it again. Because of the cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. The world interest in me has also died. 
It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. Uh, they are the new people of God. All right, now, what I want to do is I want to talk about today why we glory in the cross of Christ. Why do we glory in the cross of Christ? Why this message is a message that produces joy in the soul. Why this message can cause you to be a righteous man. Why does this message cause you to have the peace of God that passes all understanding? Because this message is the message of the cross. The message of the cross. See, there would not, there would not have been a resurrection if Jesus had not died. So although those three things go together, Christ died for our sins. Everything was a purpose. He was buried as us, as me, as you, and for me, and for you. But he was also raised from the dead for our justification. So it's an awesome thing. If Christ did not rise from the dead, you could not have been made right with God. And yet, you hear people are telling you all these things you can do. So this is why Paul is teaching this because this question came up in Acts chapter 15. So we're going to go back there quickly. In Acts 15 verse 1, why Paul and Barnabas, this is verse 1, Acts chapter 15 verse 1. See, they had a council at Jerusalem, and Paul and Barnabas was at Antioch of Syria. Some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers, unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses. See, you got to understand, it's the law of Moses who taught circumcision, just like it's the law of Moses who taught water baptism. It's the law of Moses that taught foot washing. It's the law of Moses. See, all those things that you're hearing people talking about, the Passover, what we're talking about, taking communion on first Sunday, all that's Passover. All that the law taught. And yet, 2,000 years later, people are still teaching the law for salvation. Watch what Paul says, Acts 15, 1. While Paul and Barnabas was at Antioch, they began to teach the believers. Here come those people from Judea. Unless you are circumcised, as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. That's what they were teaching. So Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, of course, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem accompanied by some local believers to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. So they got together and had a, a big talk. But let's go down and see what the letter says. Let's go down and see what the Bible says they need to do. What did the Gentile need to do? We're going to go down and look at verse number 22 because this is, this is what the letter says. The letter for Gentile believers. Now this letter was sent to all the churches of the Gentiles. Then the apostles and the elders together with the whole church in Jerusalem, they chose delegates. And they sent them to Antioch, to Syria, with Paul and Barnabas, to report on this decision. The men chosen were two of the church leaders, Judas, also called Barnabas, and Silas. This is a letter they took with them. 
It's going to tell you what's on the letter. This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, Cilicia, greetings. Now, this is the letter that was written to the Gentiles. We understand that some men from here, from Judea, have troubled you and upset you with their teaching. But we did not send them. So we decided, having to come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas, we are sending Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. Now the question is Acts 15 and 1. Do you have to be circumcised to be saved? See, it, it, just like people say in the day, you got to be water baptized to be saved. Now, so, so listen, it's going to answer your question. He says in verse 28, it's seeing good to the Holy Spirit. See, this ain't no man thing. It's seeing good to the Holy Spirit and to us, Paul says, to lay no other greater burdens on you than these few requirements. Now, now God is going to tell the Gentiles what they're supposed to do. Now, this is not what you're going to hear churches preaching today. But watch what the Bible says. For it seemed good, verse 28, we're in Acts 15, 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no other greater burdens on you than these few requirements. Number one, you must abstain from eating food offered to idols. Number one, you must abstain from eating food offered to idols. Number two, you must abstain from consuming blood. Now, abstain from eating blood, that's what the Bible says for us not to do. Eat blood. Now, people will fuss with you about water baptism and they'll turn around and eat their steak bloody. See, you're disobeying God's word, but you're keeping your religion, your tradition. God's word says, abstain from blood, abstain from meat, strangle, strangle animals. That means animals you found by the road. And then abstain from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well, farewell. There's nothing in there that told you about water baptism, circumcision, foot washing, eating communion of what we call Passover. None of that's in there. None of that's the requirements. And yet people will not fellowship with a church because we don't do that. See, what we are doing is obeying the word. What are you doing? That's between you and the Lord, right? Now, let's keep going. So our question is, why we glory in the cross of Christ? That's what we're talking about. So that's what we want to get into, uh, why we glory in the cross. Now, let's go uh, to, our, to our next part, and that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1. See, 1 Corinthians was to the Corinthians church, 
because they had this problem by water baptism. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, we're going to start reading verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. This is the mess of the Apostle Paul because they were asking Paul about water baptism. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, 17, Christ did not send me to baptize. See, you're in a different dispensation. Now, if you're in the dispensation of John the Baptist, which was on the old covenant law, then they was water baptized. But they was water baptized for forgiveness of sins. Just think about what you're saying. John the Baptist was baptized for the remission of sin. The word remission means forgiveness. But now here Christ already died for our sins. So why are you still preaching John the Baptist's message? So you got to think. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, Paul said, Christ did not send me to baptize. Verse 17. I'm reading out the NLT. He said, but he sent me to preach the good news, not with the clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ, watch this, would lose his power. So if you preach water baptism and you're also trying to preach the cross, then something's going to lose their power. It's going to be the cross. So you got to understand, you got you to know what you believe. Now, here we are in a situation in this country. Are you going to tell me that if them people cannot get into your church and get water baptized, they can't be saved? That's what your denomination teaches. Now, but people are being saved by hearing the gospel preached because that's why God intended it to be. So let's continue. God says in verse number 20, we are in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 20. So where does this leave the philosophers and the scholars and the world brilliant debaters? God had made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know God through human wisdom. You can't baptize a man in water and he come to know God. You can't circumcise a man and he come to know God. You can't wash a man's feet and he come to know God. You can't take Passover, communion, and a man come to know God. Are you listening to what the word says? You know, watch what the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. Watch what God did in verse number 20 once again. Why does this lead the philosopher, the scholars, world brilliant debaters? God had made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom, he saw to it that the world would never know God through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those that believe. God has used his foolish preaching, the preaching of the cross, to save those that believe. I don't know why people are trying to do it differently, but God's plan of getting people saved is they got to believe the gospel. So you need to learn what the gospel is because there's a gospel of the kingdom and then there's a gospel of Christ. The gospel of the kingdom is not for your salvation. 
The gospel of the kingdom is so you'll know who Christ is. It was never preached to you as Gentiles. Only the gospel of Christ was preached to the Gentiles. All right? It's the power of God and the salvation. Romans 1.16. Now watch what Paul says. He says, he has used the foolishness, the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe. We just read that in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. But let's move on. Then it says, in verse 22 it says, It is foolish to the Jew to ask signs from heaven. It is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, Paul says, the Jews got offended. And the Greek says, oh, it's just nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, listen, those who are called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. What an, what an awesome thing. Now, in, in, in the next verse 25, says, The foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest, the wiser of humans' plans. God's weakness is stronger than the great, greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eye or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Now, he's making a point. He said, look, when God called you, it was not many of you wise, was not many of you powerful, was not many of you wealthy. So he said, God chose things the world considered as foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. He chooses things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world Things counted as nothing at all. To use them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit, Paul says. God made him to be the wisdom itself. So God made Christ to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. Now, isn't that awesome? Now, if Christ made me right with God, then what the water baptism is supposed to be doing? What the circumcision is supposed to be doing? What the foot washing is supposed to be doing? What the Passover is supposed to be doing? If God made me right with God, right with himself, Christ has made us right with God. We're in 1 Corinthians 1.30. Christ has made us right with God. He made us pure. Oh, my God. He made, if he made me pure, then I can't get pure by an act. See, some churches will tell you, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this before you can get sanctified, before you get holy. Before you, wait, wait, holy. God made us pure. God made us holy. And God freed us from sin. God did that. Therefore, if the scripture says, if you want to, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. So that's why my message is talking about why we glory in the cross of Christ. Because there are people who glory in water baptism. Just like these people was doing, they were glory in circumcision. 
Then there are people glory in communion services, Passover. Then there are people who glory, see everybody glory and stuff, but if you're going to glory, you're supposed to only glory in the Lord because water baptism didn't save you, communion can't save you, foot washing can't save you, Passover can't save you. None of this stuff going to save your soul. And yet people are glory in that stuff today as for their salvation. All right, now let's move on. Now, I want to go to the book of Romans. Why were there? Romans chapter 1, verse 15. In Romans 1, 15, he told you about the gospel of Christ. We're going to show you what that is. Romans chapter number 1. I want to kind of get a few things from, from last week, kind of like add a little stuff there, because I want to show you some things. Romans chapter number 1. Now, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 15, if you got your Bible, we're going to wait a little while on you. Romans 1, 15. Now, Paul says, I am eager to come to you in Rome to, to preach the good news. I'm not ashamed of the good news of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. It's the power of God at work. Saving. Listen to what it says. Saving everyone who believes. It didn't say anything about you got to be water baptized, foot washing, communion, circumcision. Listen to what the Bible says. Romans 1.16. I mean, I'm reading out of NLT. I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work. Saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentiles. Then he's going to tell you about this good news. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Watch this. This good news, the gospel of Christ, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Wait a minute. My whole thing is if God makes us right in his sight. I'm going to show you that in Romans 4.25 in just a moment. If God makes us right in his sight, then why are you water baptizing that man? Why are you washing feet? Why are you in circumcision and taking communion every Sunday? If God is the one that made you right, what are you doing? That is religion and tradition of men. And so many churches are practicing that for their salvation. All right, watch what it says. God made us right in his sight. This is accomplished. Don't drop your cup. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. This is accomplished, he says, from start to finish by faith. And the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Wait a minute. So otherwise, what you're doing can't give them life. You do agree with that, right? You do agree that when you water baptize that person, you can't give them life. When you wash their feet, you can't give them life. When you circumcise them, you can't give them life. When they take Passover, they can't get life. You do understand that. Okay. Now, because I'm going to show you some other areas. I'm, I'm, we're going to hit that real good. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a couple right now. Look at Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. See, this word is just so rich with everything you need if you just go by the word. 
There are a lot of people go to church every Sunday and talk the tradition of that church and never heard the word of God. Because they're not teaching you the word of God. They're teaching you what they believe as a tradition. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. The last verse in Romans chapter 4. He was handed over to die, talking about Christ. He was handed over to die because of our sins. Now that's an awesome thing. Because people will tell you when you get water baptized, God going to wash your sins away. Listen what the word says. He was handed over to die because of our sins. So he died for our sins. I'm going to show you that over and over and over and over because we glory in the cross in this house. Watch what it says. He was handed over to the Jews, to the Romans, to, to, to crucify him because of our sins. That means he died for our sins. But he didn't finish there. Then it says, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God. He, he, he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. But he rose again from the dead to make us right with God. Now, if God did all of that for us, why can't we give him the glory? Why do we have to turn around and say, well, you got to be water baptized? My point is, are you saying God did not? Let me show you something. This was in last week. This is what happened to Israel last week. Let me show you something. First, 1 John 5. I, I talked last week why God's rap came on Israel. That should be on your podcast in the next couple of days at the latest. Why God's wrath came on Israel. Watch what they did. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 10. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar. Remember, why, why, what happened to Israel? Why God's wrath came on Israel? I gave you two reasons. Number one, it was to people who did not believe in God. And then there were people who did not believe the gospel. See, what happened is people are going to church every day, and yet they do not believe the gospel. They believe what they did in my nation teaches, but not this Bible. Watch what 1 John 5, 10 said again. 1 John 5 and 10. He said, all who believe, remember their salvation was have to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Your salvation, you have to believe Christ died for our sins and buried and raised again from the dead. You're on the different side of the cross. See, on the, on the first side of the cross, before, before Christ died, they had to believe in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. After they come into the new covenant, they have to believe Christ died. So they look back at the cross, and we see Christ died, dead, and raised again from the dead. Well, the people on this side of the cross, before the cross, could not believe in the cross to be saved because Christ hadn't died on the cross. So they had to be saved in the name of Jesus. They had to believe that Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. All right? That's the difference in the salvation.
So 1 John chapter 5, this is what John said to the church of God. He said, all who believe in the Son of God know in their heart that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe, this is uh, actually calling God a liar. Because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. You remember it was God who said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So when they didn't believe that Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God, then they would die in their sins. Let me show you what Jesus said to that. Look at John chapter number 8, 21. John 8, 21. Let me show you what Jesus said to them. So you must understand the gospel is being preached. You can go on with your religion, your tradition of men, but then you're going to have to give an account because you had a chance to believe the truth. You chose your tradition and religion over God's word. That's what happened with Israel. John chapter 8, verse number 21. Later, Jesus said to them again, I'm going away. You will search for me. But you're going to die in your sins. Now, now, why would these guys die in their sins? Why are you going to tell them that? Jesus said to them again, I'm going away. You're going to search for me, but you're going to die in your sin. You cannot come where I'm going. The people ask him, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean? You cannot come where I'm going. Then Jesus said in verse 23, you are from beneath, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. Then he's going to tell him in verse 24, that's why I tell you, you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you're going to die in your sins. Well, we know Jesus said he's the Christ. Jesus said he's the Messiah. He's the son of the living God. So if they did not believe that, they would die in their sins. That's not your message. Your message is just as simple. Let me go and show you what I gave you last week. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. In case you didn't get that, let me give you a little of that. 1 Thessalonians. I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians. So you have to understand, you have your chance now. Just like Israel. Israel said, well, you know, I don't believe that. Okay. All right, go right ahead. But let's show you why the wrath of God came upon them. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. The wrath of God came upon them. 2 Thessalonians, I'm sorry. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1 and verse number 3. The wrath of God came upon them. Verse number 3. Dear brothers and sisters, he says, you can help, but thank, thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and your faithfulness in all the persecution and the hardships you are suffering. And God will use this persecution to show his justice and to make you worthy 
of his kingdom, for which you are suffering. In his justice, he would pay back those who persecute you. And God will provide rest, the rest of you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appeared from heaven. He will come with his mighty angels in flame and fire, bringing judgment on those who do not know God. Now, this was 2,000 years ago. People still think it's today. No, 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 he's not talking. You are not at the church of Thessalonica. That's Acts chapter 17. In flame and fire, when he came, he came in flame and fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. Now, the good news was the gospel of the kingdom. See, so they didn't believe the gospel of the kingdom. That's why God's wrath came on them. You know, we look around today and we see stuff going on. We don't really know what's the world going on, do we? How many churches can say they believe in God's message for salvation, which is the gospel of Christ or the gospel of grace? How many churches believe by grace you are saved? See, that's where we at. People not believing you are saved by grace. They don't think Christ came here and died on the cross to save man. They think they got to do something when they baptize you or when they wash your feet or when they give you communion. They think they doing something. Israel felt the wrath of God because they would not believe God's message. What an awesome thing. One more time. They did not know God, and they refused to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. That was the gospel of the kingdom. Why, why do I know that? Look at Matthew 24, 14. Jesus taught that. So in Matthew chapter 24, and verse 14, he told them what gospel it would be when he come. Matthew 24, and verse number 14. Just give you a little, little time to get there. Matthew 24, 14. And the good news about the kingdom. Oh, wait a minute. The gospel of the kingdom. Yeah, that's a different message. That's the message that Jesus preached, that Peter, James, and John preached. That's not the message that Paul preached to the church, the body of Christ. Paul preached that to the Jewish believers. And then he preached the gospel of Christ to the Gentiles. So watch what he says. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Wait a minute. They're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom to all nations and they're going to hear it and then the end is going to come. Well, let's see, that, let's see that they hear it. Look at Coloss Colossians chapter 1. Let's see that they hear it. See, we live in a day where people are telling you, you got to go in all the world. You got to go in all the world. God did not tell you that. That's, watch this. I'm going to show you his disciples. He told his disciples to go in all the world. And then he told the 70. All right. Now look at this in Colossians chapter number one. Let's see, did this happen? Colossians chapter one and verse six. As a matter of fact, I'm reading out the NLT, so I'm going to start reading with verse number one. It says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ, and for our brother Timothy, 
We are writing to God, holy people in the city of Colossus, who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God, our Father, give you grace and peace. We always pray for you, and we, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people, which come from confidence, hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the, gospel, of the good news. This same good news that came in you is going, watch this, don't drop the cup. This same good news that came in you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your life from the day you first heard it and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. God's wonderful grace. You learn about God's good news, God's wonderful grace, from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant. He is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. See, so the, the message of grace, the gospel of Christ, is, are you preaching that? It was preaching all the world. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul preached it in all the world. I want to read that same verse out of, the, out of the King James. Colossians chapter number 1. See, the key is the gospel is preached. Everything that God told you in this book, it was done. But people are telling you, you got to go do it. You got to go do it. You've been misinformed. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul says in verse 3, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love which you have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel which is come unto you as it is in all the world and bringing forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard of it and you knew the grace of God and truth. Now, watch what he says in verse 23. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, watch this, and which was preached, to every creature which is under heaven, which was preached. Paul said the gospel was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Verse 23, wherever Paul, I made a minister. See, the gospel, God didn't tell you to go into all the world. He told his 12 disciples. The apostle Paul went into all the world and preached the gospel. So you got to understand that. You, don't, don't, don't get out here listening to people who don't know the word and you leave your church, you leave your family, you go out somewhere when God didn't tell you to do that. Okay, you need to get some counsel. All right, now let's go to work. Now, I, I want to go to the next thing because I want to show you what happened with Christ. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. We right there, look at Philippians chapter 2 and we're going to look at verse 5 through verse number 8. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to verse 8. He said, you must have, I'm reading again out of the NLT. 
He said, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God, talking about with the Father, as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the armor position, watch this, of a slave and was born as a human being. That's what Jesus did. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died as a criminal. Jesus died a criminal death on the cross. For a man to die on the cross, he was known as a criminal. Jesus died on the cross. But it's not over. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and in earth under the earth every tongue should confess that Jesus Lord to the glory of God the Father see God raised him from the dead set him at his own right hand in heavenly places gave him all power and all authority Jesus laid down his life willingly so you can be able to have relationship with the Father. Don't turn around and say, well, our water did that. Well, circumcision did that. Well, communion did that. Well, foot washing. Listen, church, nothing of that sort is good news in the ears of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's, let's look at that. Let's go there now. The Gospel of John chapter 3. The Gospel of St. John chapter number 3. And we want to look at verse number 12. Paul says, I'm sorry, Jesus said in John 12, if you don't believe me when I testify or tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Watch what they're going to say. No one, that is very important, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. So Jesus told him, said, look, nobody has ever gone to heaven and come back but the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. Watch this. Now remember you in the Old Testament. Now he says, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned. But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And then he's going to give you something. He said, now, as Moses lifted up the bronze snake, the serpent, on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. The Son of Man must be lifted up. So that everyone who believes in him would have everlasting life. Wait a minute, what is this lifting up the Son of Man? See, when you go into a hospital, you usually see a serpent on the pole. We're going to show you that also in the message of the day. Why was that? It was a type and a shadow of Christ's death on the cross. And as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him would have everlasting life. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world or to judge the world, but he sent him into the, to save the world. Jesus came to save the world. The Father saved the world, world through his Son. Now, if God is the one that's saving the world through his Son, where is water baptism so important? Why is circumcision so important? Why is foot washing so important? Why is taking communion every first Sunday is so important? Because it's important because you don't believe the gospel. The gospel does not have that. Christ did everything. The Father did everything with his Son for your salvation. He died for your sins. He was buried for you. He was raised again for your justification. That's the gospel. That's what you got to believe to receive the God's Holy Spirit. All right. Now, let's move on. It says in verse number 18, this is the last one. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in Christ. That's the same thing that God said in Romans 8, right? There's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ. Right? That's the whole thing. If you go back and look at Noah's ark, who was condemned? The one who did not get in the ark. Isn't that something? Now let's go back and look at Numbers because Numbers gave us the exact story that God just talked to us about. Let's go back and look at this in the book of Numbers. Now, when Paul talked about, God talked about lifting up the serpent in the wilderness, what was he talking about? If he lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, what was he talking about? Because that's what God dealt with in the book of Numbers. We're going to look at that. In the Gospel of St. John, let me just make sure I read that one time, just a little bit of that, and then we're going to close out with the Gospel of John. What an awesome, what an awesome thing. The Gospel of John, uh, chapter number 3, we always use, read verse number 16, but verse 14 is the key verse there. So we go back to Numbers chapter 21. It says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Let's go back to Numbers chapter 21 and look at it. Numbers chapter 21. Let's go back and look at it. We're going to start reading verse number 4 and we're going to close out here. We're going to stay with the King James on this one. It says, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea, to compass the land of Eden. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God, and they spake against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Watch what they, watch what they says. There's no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loathe this light bread. Now, now what, what did they do? If you read that same thing out of the NLT and verse number four, it said the people of Israel set out from Mahor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Eden. 
But the people grew impatient with the long journey. And they began to speak against God. They began to speak against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There's nothing to eat here, nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manner. That's what the children of Israel says. We hate this horrible manner. Now remember, this manner was a type of Jesus Christ. It was like they were despising God's word. Because that's how God feeds you, is with his word. All right? And verse number six. So the Lord sent poison snakes among the people. Poison snakes. You know, we live in a time right now, we don't know what's going on in America. Could it be that 95% of the churches in this country reject the new covenant? Rejects the gospel of Christ, rejects the gospel of grace, don't want you to preach about Christ and his cross for your salvation, for their salvation in their churches. Oh, no, no. They got to have water baptism. They got to have circumcision. They got to have foot washing. And they got to have communion. If you go against those things, get out of my church. That's not what's going on here. Because it's all about Christ and him crucified. That's why Paul said we glory in the cross of Christ. Watch this, Numbers chapter 21. Verse 6 says, the Lord sent, the Lord sent poison snakes among the people. Many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you, Moses. Pray that the Lord would take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poison snake and attach it to a pole. Make a replica of a poison snake and put it on a pole. Make sure it's bronze. Because the word bronze means judgment. And then God says, all who are bitten will live if they simply look to the serpent on the pole. Oh my God. God says, if they'll just turn their attention to the cross, they'll live. If they'll turn away from their religion tradition, if they'll turn away from foot washing as a part of their salvation, if they'll turn away from water baptism as a part of their salvation, if they'll turn away from circumcision and communion as a part of their salvation, if they'll just turn to the cross, the serpent on the cross, God said if they'll turn to that and look, they'll live. So what do you want to do? Do you want to live or do you want to die? Because God told them what to do. Now, if you was out there that day and you had all this stuff you're doing in the church and God says, I want you to turn away from that and turn to the cross, what will you do today? Because you have your chance now. This is an awesome thing. We are in Numbers chapter 21. Moses prayed, and the Lord told him, make a replica of a poison snake, attach it to a pole. All are bidden will live if they'll simply look to the cross. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to the pole, 
then everyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze serpent and be healed. Now, if God can have you to look at a bronze serpent on a pole and be healed, can't you see what he's trying to get you to do? Turn away from all of this stuff and turn back to the cross, America. Turn back to the cross. Turn away from water baptism for your salvation. Turn away from foot washing for your salvation. You can't sanctify no dirt. We are sanctified by the cross. We are sanctified by Christ himself. His precious blood has washed our sins away. His precious blood. You are sanctified in Christ. God has put you in his Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost that has sanctified you. Man, what an awesome thing. Wake up, America. The message is the cross. Why we glory in the cross? Because this is the way that we are saved. We are saved by the cross. I got one of the things. I hope I can start it. it, it, it tell me I can start it. Philippians 3, 1 through 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. I'm going to read this out of the NLT. I just love reading out the NLT. I've gone through the King James probably about 20 times, uh, at least. But I know 10 to 15 times. All of it's good. But here in uh, Philippians chapter 3, and verse 1 through 3, he's going to give us three things here. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. From the book of, of Philippians. Just three verses. My Bible still want to go to Ephesians here. Thank you. Efe here we go. Chapter 3, verse 1, 2, 3. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, he's talking to the church at, at Philippi. He says, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. Watch out for them. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on Christ Jesus, what Christ Jesus had done. That, that's an awesome. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. We don't put no confidence in water baptism, Paul said. We don't put no confidence in circumcision. We don't put no confidence in the communion table. We don't put no confidence in wash your feet. That's human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, instead, if others have reason for confidence in their own effort, I have even more. So Paul says, man, you see all of these credentials I got? But you know what he said he did? He said, I counted all as dung. Now I'm quite sure you can catch on to that. Paul said, all this stuff that's laid up that I have for trophies, 
who I am and what tribe I'm from, what positions I've, I've held in life. I count all that as dung that I may win Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. Isn't that something? I put it all on the cross. I lay it down at the cross. I count it all as dung because one thing I want to know and that's Christ Jesus, my Lord. Can you give him a big hand clap of praise for that word? Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.